0: Can't you see everyone? They're here already! You're next. Let's go. Welcome to the future where the glass is half full and you'll need new glasses, where you'll be jumping from conclusions. The past is a no, and a new future is born! Never before in history has so much meant so little to so many. A.D. on the radio
1: so you know you make these teeny tiny little decisions in life and you don't think anything's really going to come from them you don't necessarily think that it's going to have any real impact you make little decisions you have little things happen to you you have these seemingly innocuous non-events in your life that somehow wind up shaping everything i'll give you a perfect example it's why i'm talking to you today when everything was over and done with with my band i was in this band we got a massive record deal we came to america we blew through fantastic sums of money uh, living in hotels living in tour buses paying people to carry our equipment and when that was all over and done with it was a bit abrupt so i didn't necessarily know where i was going to go what i was going to do with my life and i figured i would move to texas I'm from New York, I was raised in England, Texas seemed like the very last place on earth I would be headed ever. In fact, when I was still under the misguided impression that I was going to go to college, I chose Boston. I was going to go to Tufts and New England Conservatory of Music because Boston, for someone from New York that had grown up in England, seemed like a good middle ground. Like, this won't be too much of a culture shock if I moved from England to Boston. But when I got to America, I noticed something. On tour, I had the greatest time in Texas. People were so nice in Texas. I loved everything about my experiences in Texas. So when everything was over and done with, when I was trying to figure out how the next portion of my life would go, and I had nothing to my name. My resume said lead singer in a band, and I didn't even have a band. I had the backpack on my back, and that was more or less it. I decided I was going to move to Texas. I was decided I was going to move to Houston, Texas for a couple reasons. One, like I said, I'd had an amazing time in Texas. Two... One of my very best friends in the world the guy that I went to school with In London uh, He was living in texas, so I was like i'll know someone there and then finally The other thing was I knew that houston was a very media driven town I don't know if you listen in houston or if you've spent much time in houston, but houston is a car culture It's very different from how i'd grown up in london or how i'd grown up in new york new york london these are places with foot traffic when you are walking down the street something can catch your eye you can walk into a store meaning if you're a business you don't necessarily have to have a massive advertising campaign to sustain in 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 new york or london sorry but in houston the exact opposite is true and in any car culture the exact opposite is true anytime the vast majority of people get into their car to get from a to b as opposed to walking down the street or getting onto a bus or taking a subway or something of that nature you have to let people know you're there otherwise your business isn't going to thrive and houston's a massive massive city i think it's fourth largest city in america and well like i said these little decisions make massive impacts and you have no idea at the time but i decided that Houston would be a good place for me to be because it was media-driven. I had no real professional work experience of any kind. Like I said, my lead singer resume didn't really qualify me for too many other things. But I kind of sort of vaguely understood media, you know? I'd done a bunch of media when I was in the band. Uh, Music business is kind of sort of media. I understood some element of it. I thought it'd be production or something or sound production or audio production or something like that. And in a city like Houston, where businesses don't exist unless they advertise, being in media is an okay way to go. In a city like Houston, unless you've got a coupon, or you've heard a radio commercial, or you got some sort of mailer, or you saw a television advertisement, you're probably not going into that place. So as such, Houston was a very big, very friendly, very media-driven city, and I thought, wow, maybe, maybe I can just have some sort of some sort of chance of eking out a living doing something there because right now I got nothing. But I talked to a buddy of mine. I talked to a buddy of mine who used to be the morning guy at the radio station in Houston, 945 The Buzz in Houston, Texas. And I was like, You lived in Houston. Uh, can I talk to you about something? And so we met. We met for coffee. I was like, I want to move to Houston. What should I do? And he was like, Oh, be on the radio. I was like, What? That's ridiculous. That's what you do. He's like, yeah, you'll be fine. Um, Just, you know, make a demo, make it sound like this, do this, this, and this, and I'll pass it on to some people. And it sounds remarkably easy. And that part was because I got hired almost immediately. He helped me make a demo that made me sound like I was as good as him. Now, it got me a couple crappy overshifts, overnight shifts a week on a couple different radio stations. It wasn't exactly a rocket ship to the top. But it shaped everything, that little decision I made to talk to my friend and go, hey, what's there to do in Houston? And I was struck this morning when I woke up and I thought about what was in my garage, how lucky I was that I made another seemingly meaningless decision back in the day.
0: where the left and right come together for fundamental truths. A.D. on the radio, on Twitter, at A.D.S.X.E.
1: So, you know, like I said, like you and I were talking about, you make these little teeny decisions. You make these little choices in life. Sometimes you don't even choose things. They just happen to you. And... They seem meaningless, they seem pointless, they seem like they're not gonna have any impact on your life at the time, but oof, do they ever either A, come back to haunt you, or B, come back to remind you how lucky you were that this happened to you. Perfect example. I was thinking about what's in my garage this morning. I woke up, looked at my phone, went, ugh, this is what we're doing now? This is the thing? oh man oh oh i'm glad all that uh, i'm glad all of those in the garage are what they are and well what was in the garage was the result of me having no impulse control when it comes to buying stuff i don't really need but it's fortunate i'm getting ahead of myself one of these little decisions one of these little decisions happened to me when i suppose i was in my early teens perhaps and up until that point i'd messed with different versions of the same thing but there was something about there was something about the way these looked there was something about the way these looked that made me forever hooked and then something about some of the people that were wearing them too most notably bc boys and run dmc there was something about these particular sneakers that made me go, I I want these and I'm going to be wearing these for the rest of my life. And I have been for the entirety of my life. I've been wearing mostly the same sneaker. I've been wearing Adidas Shelto with the black stripe and black fat laces, which you got to buy separately. They don't come with the black flat flat fat laces in them, but you put them in, they look awesome. And I don't know exactly where I made this decision. I mean, they are remarkably comfortable. No, I'm not being paid to say this. Yes, Run DMC did wear them. Too much effect. Although, I gotta be honest with you, that thing with no laces and the tongues hanging out that Run DMC did back in the day, eh, that was never really for me. I thought that was silly. But I did love the fact that they wore Adidas. I love the fact that they wrote songs about it. And somehow, somehow, I just kind of sort of became an Adidas addict. I mean, I've got a couple different pairs of sneakers by different... I, I wear Converse a lot. I, I wear those too. The Converse All-Stars. You know what's interesting about the, uh, the Chuck Taylors? Is for the longest time, I couldn't wear them. I always thought they looked better on other people than on me. And then I would wind up with my ankles all jacked up when I wore them. And this is when I was a kid. I, I gave them a go on stage. Because I saw some other guys and bands wearing them. I thought, that looked cool. I'm going to give it a try. Didn't work out at all for me. I thought they looked silly on me. I thought they looked like little booties on me. I thought that as much as they were cool for other people, they offered no ankle support. And I did a multitude of wildly stupid things as a kid on BMXs and skateboards and motorcycles. And I jacked my ankle up and I jacked it up good and I jacked it up numerous times. So I needed something that was going to offer me up a little ankle support when I was a kid in a band and I was hanging upside down from lighting rigs and stage diving and doing my best to leap off of the highest thing possible in an effort to get people to come back to the next show and cause myself grievous bodily harm at the same time. But I needed that ankle support. And uh, the Adidas, the Adidas, man, Michelle told old school Adidas, they gave me that support, especially if I got the rare high top versions that you could find of those things floating around from time to time. So I was an Adidas guy, whether it was run DMC, BC boys, or my need for ankle support. I loved Adidas. Adidas was it for me. It was a little sketchy when some of those stupid new metal bands started wearing them in the, early 2000s i was like hold on a second i'm now lumped in with them Uh, okay but fortunately adidas was a robust enough brand to withstand all that stuff it wasn't like when john goslin and hulk hogan started wearing (laughs) wearing ed hardy and the whole brand went to hell didn't matter didn't matter if fred durst was wearing adidas sneakers they were still always going to be cool there's a timeless quality to them. Maybe that's what I like. I like the timeless quality. So for my entire adult life, I have had a size, uh, size 12 pair of Adidas with a black stripe shell-toed in various stages of disrepair. Usually I have three pairs before I junk them. I've got the old pair, which is the pair that, well, uh, I wear them out in the rain because they're essentially slippers and I wear them to walk the dog when I just got to go out super quickly. And like I said, they're on their way out. They're the dirty, junked up ones that it would be socially unacceptable to wear in public. So I wear them when I know they're going to get dirty or wet. And then I've got my everyday ones, which are in pretty good shape, okay shape. And then I've got the other pair, and those. I'll bring out for an occasion when I need something fresh and crispy new, or perhaps they're still sitting there in the box, waiting for that time where my okay pair becomes my junker pair. So I've always had three pairs of Adidas, just kind of sitting there. But in addition to those three pairs of Adidas, I'm also—if you'll go to my Instagram feed—I'm a bit of a sneakerhead, and. I can't stop myself from purchasing adidas that I don't need. I cannot stop myself from going to like the adidas tent sales and swap meets and stuff like that and finding rare and one-off pairs of adidas spending entirely too much money on them and then leaving them sitting there in shoeboxes in my garage And I woke up this morning and I looked at what was going on with Colin Kaepernick and Nike and I went "Ah, man I don't I don't want any of this. I have a couple pairs of Nike. I don't want I like shoes. I love sneakers sneakers are awesome, especially Adidas, but I don't want to make a political statement with my sneakers. I want to be cool with my sneakers. Why do I have to drag everything into politics? What the hell, man? What the hell? And then I went, oh my gosh, I am so lucky that Adidas, not Nike, chose me.
0: For more stimulation and less irritation, 9 out of 10 doctors choose KPRC AM 950. Houston's more stimulating talk radio. Don't get the blues, get all the news. We mean all the you, Guys out there in radio land. All aboard! He's back. A.D. on the radio. Give it up, yeah, give it up,
1: yeah. Mm, Should be the motto of the human race In the year 2018 Mm, mm. You know what I'm talking about right I mean That's all people want That's all people want Is an opportunity to Appear right To appear appear smart To appear clever And to make anybody that disagrees with them Appear as though they're not as right Or smart or clever Mm, Should be the motto of the freaking human race In the year 2018 As evidenced by the fact that people are willing to fight about anything. Politics ruins anything and everything that you once held dear. Drives me freaking crazy. I I, I gotta tell you, I am so happy. So happy, so unbelievably grateful that baseball hasn't been politicized. I don't know what I would do if I was making a political statement by watching baseball maybe on one network or another or uh, maybe because of one team or another or a player oh man baseball has really dodged a bullet on that one and i hope it continues to dodge that bullet but so far we seem to have gotten through the better part of another baseball season unscathed unruined by politics and for that i am unbelievably grateful everything else though not so much movies People want to be snarky about Black Panther. People want to use Black Panther as a statement. People want to say that if Black Panther doesn't win this, that, or the other thing, it's an indictment on the human race. It's a movie, it's a superhero movie. I just want to go see a superhero movie and not have politics come into it. Uh, You can't do that. Oh, okay. Well, at least I can wear my choice of sneaker no no not not so much anymore sneakers have become politicized everything's become politicized people are just looking for an opportunity to be angry about something people are just looking for an opportunity to use anything as a wedge to try to drive between them and everybody else at the risk of sounding like my grandfather (laughs) who believed in getting along with everyone I remember a time when we were able to get along with everyone. I'm just here to make friends. Politics, Republican, Democrat, whatever. I don't care. There are much bigger and more important things at play when I decide whether or not I want to spend time with someone. There should be much bigger things at play when someone decides whether or not they want to spend time with me. Sneakers? Really? Really? really now look nike made a statement they were the one that politicized themselves by deciding they were going to deciding they were going to sponsor colin kaepernick they're going to use colin kaepernick as an endorser and you know what in terms of visibility in terms of visibility well man There's not a much more recognizable name than Colin Kaepernick at the moment. So you can kind of sort of understand them deciding to make him the face of their latest marketing push. If you're just going by the sheer number of eyeballs on the guy at the moment, well, that guy is going to get the brand name out there. And, you know, I read read somewhere, and, and who knows where these statistics come from, I read somewhere that approximately 50% of Americans are in favor of the idea of impeaching Donald Trump, which means, as was the case in the election, as is the case with everything else. We are split 50-50 down the middle. And that means that Nike were kind of hedging their bets going, okay. Well, we're going to sell to 50% of Americans, and they're going to buy even more of our sneakers because we're taking a position on this. Uh, There's dollars involved here. It didn't work out too well for Nike, at least not today. Stock price dropping left, right, and center. And you know what? Let's just talk about how effective Colin Kaepernick's campaign was. Now, before you and I get into what's right and what's wrong and whether or not we would kneel, let me first say that what Colin Kaepernick did well, it's vital that somebody do something. You can't stick your head in the sand and go there is no racism, because guess what? There's plenty of it to go around. As becoming bolder and more brazen by the day. As people are more and more apt to forgive themselves their own trespasses and do what the hell they want to do because they've found their tribe of people that have told them that's okay whether that be on the left whether that be on the right whether that be on one side or the other of the race war that appears to be erupting all over the world in various different forms when people take take their sides they oh, they stick with them, and they, they dig in deep. They double down on racism. To say racism doesn't exist is ridiculous. To say police brutality doesn't exist is ridiculous. To say racially motivated police brutality doesn't exist is ridiculous. So somebody had to do what Colin Kaepernick was kind of sort of saying that he was doing. And if you've missed one of the many shows where we've talked about this in the past, it's everybody's right to free speech, to do the things that they want to do. And you know what? The NFL stitched themselves up by not having clear, defined rules for players in this respect. I mean, (laughs) this is the NFL. This is an organization that has done zero meaningful things when it comes to making a statement about, oh, domestic violence and people being allowed to continue to play the sport despite domestic violence charges against them. Horrible, abusive women beating pieces of garbage allowed to get back on the field. And they're very quick to fine athletes massive sums of money for doing something in support of things like breast cancer. Oh, you wore that uh, pink eye black. That's funny. You can have pink eye black, but you wore those that that pink eye black, that eye black with the uh, the pink bow in the middle of it, in the middle of the game. That eye black with a pink bow in the middle of it that no one could see. Well, we noticed. And uh, guess what? We're going to fine you thousands of dollars for it. But my mom died of cancer. I was just kind of keeping her in my heart as I go out on the field and play my heart out. Yeah, no, we're going to find you thousands of dollars for it. NFL doesn't necessarily have the best track record of maintaining the moral high ground when it comes to this sort of thing. But they stitch themselves up by not having a real rule with regard to the national anthem that dates back any length of time and now if they make a rule it's this massive free speech issue and the national anthem the national anthem of football games lest we forget wasn't necessarily that much of a thing until after 9-11 and you know what it was a great thing that it became a thing after 9-11 but Like I said, it's a relatively new development and they didn't have hard and fast rules around it because, well, I mean, at the time when they started playing the National Anthem before every single game, post 9-11, who could have thought that one day you'd have to tell players to not take a knee during it as a form of protest against racially motivated police brutality and other injustices. They didn't see that one coming and how could they have? Anyways. I spend zero time feeling sorry for the NFL in any of this, just because, like I said, when it comes to having the moral high ground and doing the right thing, the NFL's track record is spotty at best. But let's remind ourselves what this has achieved. I mean, the whole kneeling thing has happened off off and on for a while now. And what has it achieved? What has it really achieved? Has it helped in any way, shape, or form? Has it helped to curb police brutality? Has it helped to curb racism? Has it helped to curb any of the things that it set out to curb? I would love it. I would love it if it had. If football players kneeling had done something meaningful, had achieved something meaningful and measurable, I would love it and I would be all in favor of it. But right now, because people are so short-sighted and so quick to anger and so looking for a reason to be angry about literally anything and everything, the only thing to me that I can see kneeling has done has widened the divide. It's caused people who are against the idea, who find it insulting, who find it unpatriotic, who find it demeaning to our veterans, even though there's plenty of veterans that will say, ah, you know... Part of the reason we put our lives on the line is for the freedom to do things like express yourself. There's plenty of countries in this world where you're not allowed to do that. You could be put to death for doing that. You could have limbs chopped off for doing that. And that's, you know, an underappreciated and beautiful thing that we've got here in America. And as much as, you know, this isn't one of the usages of free speech and freedom of expression that we thought we'd be fighting for, freedom of expression is what we were fighting for. There's plenty of veterans that say that, but there's plenty of people who are insulted by it and plenty of people who find it to be demeaning and just horrible in all sorts of ways. And sadly, it's made those folks double down. What are you talking about? Get off your knees. You're playing a game. You spoiled sons of bitches. Get off your knees and appreciate the fact that you are making millions by playing a game. You know what? I don't know why you're so angry about racism. There is no racism. Like, yeah, I actually sort of heard things like this from people. So, is it bringing folks together? Is it making a noticeable difference? No. No, it's not. And I wish it was. I really, really wish it was. But it's just making people double down on vitriol and hatred and racism. And it's giving people an opportunity to go, Mmm. The moment. The moment. The very moment and second. Colin Kaepernick's Nike ad came out and talked about, sacrificing everything for something that meant something i forget what the verbiage is on it immediately immediately there were pictures with colin kaepernick's face replaced by pat tillman the professional football player who decided he was going to join our military and who ultimately lost his life by doing this and people went "Mm." Here, Nike, I fix it for you. Mm. Anyway, like I said, has this done anything to help? Has this done anything to help the very real, very clear, very definite problem of racism in this country? Mm. Sadly, no. It just made the idiots that are racist double down on it. And then it's made people that weren't racist feel threatened because the anthem means something to them and you're sort of trampling on it by kneeling and therefore they're kind of uh, they're edging over to look at these look at the what the hell are they talking about? We're just but I don't think racism really exists I mean how could they say racism exists? They're like so rich and they get so rich by just playing a game They should, they should feel privileged they, maybe there isn't any racism. That's the that is the sweltering idiocy that I've heard growing with that argument. And so that's not helping, is it? And then you look at what happened with Nike. Nike, I think, hedged their bets that this would be a fantastic marketing campaign and would pay off for them. But, you know, if you are in any way, shape, or form somebody that plays a stock market, then you know. Man, there weren't too many better days in the last couple of years to buy Nike. The stock took a hit. Took a bit of a nosedive. People going, is it going to get any lower? Yeah, it's going to get lower. Don't buy yet. This is a conversation I've heard people having. So, the very real problem of race. And race relations and racism and police brutali- brutality. Has this been made better because of it? No. Have the lives of the people over at Nike, who are probably on the verge of getting ready to fire some people, uh, if their stock price keeps dropping, gotten any better because of this? No. You know, as I rack my brain about this whole situation, trying to see the upside, I think the only person, the only person who's really who's really any better off after all of this is the formerly bench-riding Colin Kaepernick. get washed away.
0: A.D. on the radio.
1: So, you know, to anybody that feels I'm raining on Colin Kaepernick's parade, if you're a fan of what Colin Kaepernick has been doing, I want to make this crystal clear. I 100% respect his right as an American to express himself the way he wants to express himself. I don't have a problem. I'm not personally insulted by kneeling during the anthem. I just don't think it works. And I think it's a real shame that it didn't work because, well, like I said, Racism, police brutality, these things are real. These things exist. These things are horrible, awful things that should have been done away with by our great-great-great-grandparents. The idea that any of this exists in the year 2018, man, look at how far we haven't come. It's embarrassing to us as a nation and a species that racism still exists in 2018, but it does. And something must be done about it. I would like to think that there could be a permanent solution to racism i don't know I, I i i don't know what it is about human nature and prejudice and the color of skin and the division of language but it's been going on since the dawn of time and i would have thought that it would have been a moot point in the year 2018 but seems to come and go like the tide it never fully recedes it never fully goes away it never fully dries up it seems to ebb and flow and that's a horrible awful thing And we must all do our part whenever we can to stop it in its tracks and to call it what it is and to take a stand against it whenever we're given the opportunity to do so it's a privilege to take a stand against prejudice and racism That's what we spend a lot of our time on this show doing Con Kaepernick's stand or kneel that he took rather was an interesting thing to me when it first happened because i was like oh this appears to be getting some traction let's see how this goes and very quickly it became obvious that no no this isn't bringing people together look racism exists because of fear and prejudice and a divide and the only way you're going to beat prejudice is with contact one person coming into contact with another person That's how prejudice goes away. And sadly, I think this exacerbated the problem by widening that divide. You can say that, well, you know, change is uncomfortable and you know everything starts out more difficultly but you know if it hadn't been for rosa parks doing what she did and harriet tubman doing the things that she did or any of the great civil rights activists of our time doing the things that they did well we'd never be where we are today someone had to suggest that gay marriage would be fine and get laughed at until years and years later it really became who cares whatever it's a part of our daily existence thing I get that I do understand that but what Colin Kaepernick has done is widen a divide between people what Colin Kaepernick has done has exacerbated the problem and it's absolutely his right to keep doing it it's absolutely the right of any football player who wants you to keep doing it I don't have a problem with it There's plenty of people that do. I have a problem with the division it's creating. And if you are like me, if you are someone that deeply believes in equality, you know what it's going to involve doing at some stage in the game? It's going to involve reaching out to people that don't understand us and trying to get them to peacefully see our point of view. I know that's very MLK of me. I know. It's very Gandhi slash MLK Hey, why can't we just get along Rodney King type of stuff? But I believe that. I honestly believe in my heart that the way that we overcome prejudice is by making divides smaller. And Colin Kaepernick might have set out to do that. But thus far, it seems to be having the opposite effect. And he went from being someone whose career was sort of in its twilight the best years of Colin Kaepernick's career were kind of sort of behind him. And through all this, he sort of reinvented himself as a folk hero. Now he might take every last penny of this Nike deal and he might donate it to charities that are going to attempt to bridge this divide, donate it to charities that are going to take meaningful, meaningful action in terms of all this sort of stuff. And you know what? I hope he does. I don't know what Colin Kaepernick's personal financial situation is. I'm not naive enough to believe that every single NFL football player has enough money to last them for the rest of their life. But I can tell you this. He's not going to have to, well, he's not going to have to huck it out like some of the ex-pro football players down the hall that I work with that are scratching to get their broadcasting careers going after they retired. He's not going to have to open up a car dealership. He's not going to have to look for a job as a coach. He could work the public speaking circuit for the rest of his life. He has invented himself or reinvented himself as a folk hero. And like I said, people that suffer at the hands of of racist police officers, people that suffer as a result of any form of racism, people that suffer as a result of any form of discriminatory discriminatory police brutality, they haven't been helped by this. We, the people, have not been helped by this. We, the football fans, have not been helped by this we the people that genuinely want to stamp out prejudice wherever we find it we have not been helped in our cause by this we the people that have to own a couple pairs of nikes and just enjoyed wearing them we have not been helped by this the only person who's been helped by this whole situation well that would be your man kaepernick
0: the stimulation to the professionals everyone is so smart kbrc more stimulating talk radio there's something happening here and you should know what it is (laughs) the dumbing up of america now more ad on the the radio
1: You know, I guess ultimately I'm just really annoyed. I mean, you and I have thoughtful, sensible conversations about bringing people together, about moving the ball of humanity further down the field, about bridging gaps of race and culture and understanding and doing our very best to do for others and live our lives in an attitude of gratitude and all the above. We, we, we talk about this sort of thing a lot on the show, but... Ultimately, I'm just freaking annoyed by this whole thing. I've got Nikes. I love my Nikes. I want to be able to wear my Nikes. And I know you're going to say, AD, don't let small-minded people dictate what you put on your feet. You want to wear your Nikes, you wear your Nikes. But I don't want to have to think, I'm not letting the small-minded people get to me. I'm putting on my Nikes. And it has nothing to do with being afraid what anybody might think. It has to do with the fact that, ow. it were just really cool sneakers, and now they're political. I don't want to make a political statement. You might have noticed, I, I spend a good portion of my time on this show touting the value of the ability to get along with everyone. I can get along with everyone. I mean, unless you're doing something that is hurtful, unless you're doing something that hurts other people, or is in any way, shape, or form prejudice, then you and I can be friends. I relish differences. I feel like by wallowing in the differences between us, in the muck and the mire of our difference, this is where we grow. This is where we get stronger. This is where we become more than we were previously. Love hanging out with people that think vastly different things to what I think. It's great. Helps us evolve. Like I said, helps us move that ball of humanity further down the field. But I don't want to have sneakers come into it. And you know, during the break I had a horrible thought. I had a horrible thought. Oh, oh, this is awkward. Adidas and Nike have been at each other's throats since day one. And I've been an Adidas person my entire life. What happens? What happens? Mm. And bear in mind, Adidas are a French company. But what happens if Adidas goes, hey, Nike did that virtue signaling thing where they uh, took up some sort of cause in a vaguely pandering, definitely divisive sort of way and they seem to have gotten some marketing pop off of it. Now we got to adopt a similar cause. Uh, And what if they, I don't know. I don't know what if they do something similar that politicizes adidas and i've got boxes and boxes and boxes of unopened fresh never worn before beautiful adidas that one day i really do plan on wearing that will become a political statement then what then what after they release their line of air sharptons or whatever the hell it happens to be oh then what Then then what's left converse I, i don't know i do know this though people politicize the weather People politicize movies, people politicize TV shows, people have politicized social media platforms, people politicize sneakers now. People politicize what you eat. People politicize literally everything that you do. So I guess I guess we're back at square one. I guess if I want to wear the Nikes, I should just wear the Nikes, right? Ugh. You know one person who has said that they're all in favor of Kaepernick's Nike endorsement deal? That was the owner of, who was it? Uh, I was the owner of, what team? Oh, yeah. It was the owner of the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, after the announcement was made that Nike was making Colin Kaepernick the face of the 30th anniversary celebration of the company's Just Do It campaign, there was a question as to how the NFL might respond to its longtime business partner, considering that the former San Francisco's 49ers quarterback remains unsigned and recently won that summary judgment in his collusion case against the league. By the way, uh, the collusion case, this is a totally different thing. Now, here's where it gets interesting. Here's where it gets interesting with Kaepernick and the NFL. To me, if, if I know that... Someone I'm looking at hiring, regardless of their color of skin, carries with them a bunch of, well, unwanted attention from the media. I do radio. Say i got to hire a new producer. And I've got candidate A, candidate B. Both are not necessarily the greatest producers in the world. But both are very capable producers. Candidate A, well, no one's really ever heard of this person. You might have seen them or heard of them producing at some stage in the game or other. Candidate B has a whole bunch of media attention on them. Some of it very positive, some of it very negative. Do I hire candidate B? Probably not because, well, I have something that I'm trying to do with my show and uh, I don't need the distraction. I don't need the distraction for my listeners. I don't, need, And this is not, there's nothing to do with equality. There's nothing to do with equal opportunity. This has to do what's best for the show and the business that I've started, the day-to-day runnings of it. And so for that reason, I do kind of get the idea that people go, ah, oh, if Colin Kaepernick wants to play for us and we need a quarterback and we've got this guy and this guy and uh, Kaepernick, he just comes with all that, all that stuff Uh, he created that stuff and it's his right to create that stuff, but we don't necessarily want to deal with that stuff, yeah No, nah no, no thank you nah, we feel it would be a distraction and would stop us from being the best team that we could be that could potentially win a Super Bowl I get that. I understand that. But this is where it gets really sticky. If an NFL team says, we want Kaepernick, you know what? The whole package really works for us. I mean, there might be a different scenario where I go, huh, candidate A has no media attention. Candidate B, they've got a ton of media attention. If I'm going back to the same scenario where I'm hiring a producer. And as it turns out, that type of media attention that Candidate B has is just the sort of thing that's going to be good for this show. If it's going to be good for the mix, well, man, that's a double whammy. I get to hire a capable producer that is also going to bring in all sorts of other benefits that I'm hiring Candidate B. Absolutely. There might be times where that would absolutely be the case. So if there's a football team... That decides we, we don't want to hire Kaepernick because we just, he's got all this stuff going on with him and we, we quite frankly don't want to deal with it. And we think that's going to be a distraction. It's going to be a distraction for the players, it's going to be a distraction for us as a team, it's going to stop us from being the best team we can be and lessen our chances of winning the Super Bowl. Well, that's okay. But what's interesting about Kaepernick's case, and I hope he manages to nail the NFL if this is true, what's interesting about Kaepernick's case and that summary judgment he won in his collusion case against the NFL. If a team said, "Man, we really want to work with Colin Kaepernick. We think this is going to be the right thing. We think that this is going to be the right thing for a team because he's the right player for us. And you know what? All that all that hoopla that he brings with him, we actually think that's going to be good for our brand too. In the way Nike rolled the dice on that. If there's a football team that wants a piece of that action and the NFL has gotten in the way saying, "No, you don't. No. No. We've uh we blacklisted Kaepernick, and he's not to play for your team or any other team. That's the end of his career, and we're deciding that. If the NFL is guilty of colluding in that manner, then, man, I hope Kaepernick gets every freaking penny. I do. But, man, who was the guy? Who's Oh, yeah, it was the owner of the Raiders. The owner of the Raiders, what's his name? Mark Davis he's kind of sort of the first NFL big shot to come out in support of Colin Kaepernick. He said, absolutely, it's a good idea for Nike to feature Kaepernick and its branding. Why not? So there you have it. Well, you know what he didn't do, though? He uh, rather conspicuously did not offer Colin Kaepernick a job. But you know what? Maybe he's saying, hey, Nike gets to do what the hell Nike wants to do free country this is the free market economy if they think it's going to be good to hook up with Colin Kaepernick then that's great for them and that's great for Colin Kaepernick and everybody can make money and that's fine so there's that <sighs> alright man we don't have a ton of time left so we want to do some news no, you know what, for the rest of the time that you and I have left here together, let's clarify a situation. Because we've talked a lot, and these are sensitive subjects. And on the one hand, we could leave them alone and circumvent them. You and I have been hanging out an awful lot over the last couple of years. You know, I would think by now, that when it comes to any question of this nature, the side I come down on is equality. Without any kind of deviation from the path that would take us to equality. Equality is a no ifs, ands, or buts situation. All men and women are created equal. Some of us might be born with different advantages. Some of us might be born with a leg up in this world. But every last one of us deserves human dignity and respect. Every last one of us deserves an equal opportunity in this world to go out and make something of ourselves. Every last one of us in this world deserves an opportunity to play on, pardon the analogy, a level field. So you and I have talked about some difficult stuff on this show today, some problematic stuff. There's a knee-jerk reaction. There's a knee-jerk reaction to this sort of thing. And it goes both ways what he's kneeling on the field that spoiled sob there is no racism and then it goes the other way too he's kneeling on the field he's saying that there is racism this must be the right thing to do and as you and i have talked about before these situations are never and again pardon the obvious comparison but these things are never black and white these things are never obvious these things are never easy to understand And these things involve having a difficult conversation. So if you've heard some stuff on this show that you disagreed with, I appreciate you sticking with me. And if you have something that's on your mind, if you have something to add to this conversation, well, that's how we, collectively we, get there together. To a place of equality. But I want to thank you. Because I know that at this stage in the game, if you were for anything else other than equality... You wouldn't be here with me still, listening. And here's the thing. I would have thought equality... Here's the further thing. I would have thought equality would have been an obvious given in the year 2018. But very sadly, and unbelievably to me, it is not. So I know that if you are here, you are a like-minded person that believes in the very simple, obvious idea of people being equal... And because, as we've learned over the last couple years, that's more rare than it should be, I want to thank you. Thank you so much for hanging out. Thank you for our conversation. Thank you for being a part of my radio family. And thank you for doing what you do to stand up for equality.